Gentle listener, would you like clear vision in 2024? Registration is now open to a group course of that name. We will begin in mid-January. Clear Vision is an eight-week group course designed to support you in examining how you'd like to experience life in the future, building that vision, and then putting the actions in place to get there, while also clearing any limitations getting in the way. You will do this in the company of a small group of women who are also doing this work. And you will be supported throughout by coaching from me. Clear vision is the ability to envision a future that is decoupled from conditioning and shoulds, that honours possibility, your values, your dreams and desires. Look for the link in the show notes. And now on to the show. The rules we grew up with were never meant for us. It's time for a change. Welcome to Becoming Wild. This podcast will support you in untethering from conditioning, examining limiting beliefs around womanhood and value, and tapping into your innate power. Because when women embody our truest, wildest selves, we change much more than our own lives. We change the world. I'm your host, Emma Wittard. Hello. Welcome to episode 17 of Becoming Wild. I'm your host, Emma Wittard, and I'm coming to you today from my home in Pasadena, California. This is the penultimate episode in season one. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like a season two, then please like and review the podcast or drop me an email at info at and tell me what you like about it. I haven't decided whether a season two will happen or not, so your comments will make all the difference. This is the second of three episodes that are focused on the wild self, and it's my final coaching session with Lou. Today we talk about her wild agreements, the promises she is making to herself coming out of this six-month programme and what it will take to keep these promises. We also talk about the beliefs she has shifted during our time together. I'd like to take the opportunity here to say thank you to Lou for being willing to broadcast her coaching sessions to the world. It's been a privilege to be her coach. But before we get to that, let's see what wild question has graced my inbox this time around. E writes, Dear Emma, we've heard a lot about other people's journeys into wildness, but how have you become the wild woman that you are today? Thanks for this question, E. You will actually get a fuller answer to this in our next episode, which will be an interview with me. There have been many factors that have helped me to peel away the messaging that we're given and to awaken to my wild self. Here are a few of them. Although I went to religious schools, my father is an atheist, so I was always aware that there was a choice in terms of religious beliefs. Also, I read voraciously as a child, 
and studied literature and philosophy at college. So I was totally immersed in many different ways of seeing the world from an early age. I also had my own walk through the fire. I really lost myself in the second half of my 20s. I totally relinquished all of my power, didn't really have an opinion about anything, and forgot who I was. Once I realised that this had happened, it took me three years to come back to myself. And when I had, I vowed never to be anything other than fully myself ever again. And I really have stuck to that ever since. Add to that discovering coaching and learning that we can change our operating system, our thoughts and beliefs, and the process of deconditioning or becoming wild, has been one that I have been actively engaged with for the last seven years or so. If you'd like more detail on my wild history, then look out for episode 18. And now on with the show and into our last coaching session. So this is our last one. Oh my God. I can't believe it. So how are you? How have you been since last we spoke? I have been great. I've been wrapping up my job. I took a a week off for Thanksgiving and didn't do any check-ins. And then I, I was in the office and on email this week and yeah, just wrapping up, handing the last couple of little things over saying goodbye to people. I had a lot of like lunches and coffee chats this week and doing my exit interview. I'm really proud of, I wrote a letter because I was like, okay, there's things I want to say. The exit interview is with HR and I knew there were things that I wanted to say. And, but I also knew that I wouldn't remember everything I wanted to say if I just went in without being prepared. So I went to write a few bullet points, but I ended up, I started writing and it just came out. And so I have like a full page letter of, it's mostly my experience going through this specific process, but also the experience over the last couple of years of the current leadership at the company. Um, and so that felt really good to write it and then to read it, uh, I think really impacted the HR manager. And she said she wanted to share it with some of her leadership. Uh, and I said, yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm <Right>. not afraid. <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. And it wasn't anything vindictive or bitter or mean or anything like that. It was just, here's what it's like to be an employee here Mm. and, and go through your job being eliminated, your function being eliminated. So that felt really good. And there's a part of the story that wasn't written, but I'm very clear about it in my head that regardless of how my function has been eliminated and made to feel like I 
have been erased and my the need for my work has been erased, I know that I've made a really big impact across this large company, global international company. And it's, it's ripple effect, but also like direct impact on people through relationships and programs that I have built up for people to participate in. And so I feel really confident and strong in acknowledging the impact that I've made. And that's, that cannot be erased no matter yeah. what anybody doesn't say. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, so yeah I'm, I'm feeling great about it. I've had the pleasure of managing a couple people throughout my years at the company. I always wanted to manage more, but just the role that I was in, the team that I was in, we never had that many people. So there weren't that many people for me to manage, but I was able to manage a few over the years. And one of them, when I told him I was leaving and I said, you know, I kind of want to do like a happy hour. And he's like, oh, can I, can I throw it? And so I'm like, okay. And he, you know, he sent out this invite that was like, come celebrate. And he had like balloons. He had one of the designers cre create some artwork of me. And like, it was just so detailed and beautiful and nice. And a bunch of people showed up to say goodbye and wish me well. Oh. So it was really, really nice to, to have that as my send off last night Good. yeah yeah because yeah, it because the impact is in the people mm -hmm. the people yeah. you've been in connection with yeah yeah and yeah. that I mean that was really I started as department coordinator as you know an admin and I really felt like my position was really important in creating time and space and providing tools to the designers so that they could focus on the design work and their own excellence. And so I think having that purpose from the beginning for me was really, I mean, I think any job, when you find your purpose in it, it just allows you to make so much more of it than, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just admin work. It was important work that allowed the, yeah. the people making the product for the company to make really excellent product. So yeah, it feels good. It feels good. So good. So how does it feel to have December stretching in front of you, you know, <laughs> without having to work? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know yet. Yeah. <laughs> since I, I guess since I talked to you last, something that I've planned for myself is a woman who I used to take yoga from in Portland moved to the coast and I've really have missed her classes, but I've, I saw that she was offering like a two hour yoga, sound bath, meditation kind of thing on Sunday at 11 
I'm like, oh, I could make it over for that. I'm going to go to that yoga class. Just, you know, it's like an hour and a half away, maybe. Um, And then a friend of mine was like, yes. And and she like really was like, you have to stay over and book yourself an Airbnb or something to stay a few days by yourself at the coast. Um, So I actually I remembered I have a friend who has a house over there who was trying to figure out how to use the house more. (laughs) And I was like, hey, I could help you with that. So she's going to let me stay there. So I'll be at the coast, I don't know, for two or three days. I kind of don't have anything specific to come back for. I moved appointments and that sort of thing. So I think it'll be Sunday through Wednesday. But What a wonderful way to kick off your new life. Yes. So it's supposed to be raining the whole time. So I'm taking my new Christmas flannel PJs <laughs> and a couple of fiction books and my journal and maybe some simple art supplies. And I'm just going to settle in and Lovely. yeah, do nothing, do yeah. whatever I want, whenever I want. Yeah lovely oh yeah it's like heaven (laughs) yeah so then after that I'm really not sure what I'm doing (laughs) and that's okay yeah more than okay I should think yeah yeah and I mean go ahead it, it just feels different now because I know I'm not going back to yes the same thing you know I'm going I'm I'm not going back to anything. I'm going forward to something new. And the thing I keep explaining to people is the last couple of years at the company have been so hard because there have been so many unknowns. There's a reorg coming. There's a new leader coming. There's we, and we just didn't know what was coming or when it was coming. And even when a reorg was announced, it was always followed with this, yeah, but there's going to be another one in six months or three months or or a reorg was announced and there was no follow-up. There was no, here's your new job. Here's what you do. Here's how you do it. Here's who you work with. So it was just, it was an incredible threat to the brain, right? To yes. be working with that unknown for yeah. so long in liminal space for two years, you know, but now I'm moving into the unknown that feels full of possibility and opportunity. And I get to build whatever I want out of it, you know? And so I really have been reveling in and talking about to other people about that difference in the unknown, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. really feels very exciting for me. Yeah, wonderful. Very yeah. exciting. So last time you wrote your Wild Woman Manifesto, which was completely fabulous. <laughs> um, and homework was to create some wild agreements based yeah. off that. Did you manage to get to it? I did. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I came up with three, four, five, six, seven Great. of them. 
And let's see. As a wild woman, I will, I commit to, I am love unconditionally for myself, my family, my friends. I am led by my values, connection, creativity, compassion, acceptance. I build and protect inclusive communities. I view life as a fun, joyful, playful commitment. Lovely. I keep myself fully resourced. My internal resources are my top priority. I will treat myself as my most precious possession. I honor the elements, fire, water, earth, air, howl at the moon, hug trees, mingle with magic. (laughs) And lastly, I love, honor, pray, listen to the goddess, the priestess, the mentor, the voice, the love inside of me. Oh, so good. So good. Wonderful. Okay, so how do those feel? They feel very aspirational (laughs) and definitely like practices. Well, some more than others Mm -hmm. need to be practiced. The one that came to me today that... I wasn't really thinking about because I was doing this one led by my values, connection, creativity, compassion. I've had those for a while. I added acceptance into that because I, I saw how important that, that piece is, especially to the compassion yeah, and the connection. And then I was almost going to add community to the list of values because over this time where I'm leaving my job, I'm realizing how important community building is to me. And so I was first going to put it as one of my values, but then I'm like, it's not really about that as a value. It's about the building of it and the protection of it. And really the fact that it's inclusive of everyone. It's not a community I'm not looking to build communities for certain people. I'm looking to build communities where all people feel included and welcomed. So that one, that was kind of new-ish. The one view life as fun, joyful, playful, and then I added commitment to it because for me, it's like I need to find that balance. I I almost had one in here in my rough draft. I had one that was work hard, love hard, laugh hard. I decided I didn't want to have anything in there about working hard, mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> but I know that I do. I, I am a person who works hard when I make commitments. I keep them when I commit to doing something, I do it. So this one is is really about that balance between fun and joy and play and and the commitment not the seriousness but the commitment to you know building a life that 
that I want. And that includes fun and joy and play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you're doing at the weekend seems like a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. That commitment to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Fantastic. So if you look at these, is there one that seems the hardest to actually live by? Probably that one, the fun and the joy and the play. I I mean, I think also keeping myself fully resourced right now in this moment, it doesn't seem hard, but when, when the shit hits the fan, you know, when things get hard, when business is struggling, when I, I don't know what to do, that one will be hard. Yeah. So what would you need to believe continue to resource yourself when things get hard yeah I need to believe that I am my most precious possession or resource yeah because it's true yeah Mm. yeah I think there's also something in believing that in any given moment, I am fully resourced, mm-hmm. but those resources may be higher or lower. Yeah. So I am fully resourced in, you know, time, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that there's hours of open time in the day or I, I am fully resourced in energy. That doesn't mean that my ener- energy level is at 100. It could be at 20 and that is my full right now. Yes. Yeah. And I think really understanding and believing that will be really important. I think if I don't understand that for myself, I could easily start to beat myself up for, Mm. you know, not being rested enough, not getting enough sleep, not planning my schedule well enough or being efficient enough. Yeah. I love the way that you put that. It sort of goes along with being in the flow of life, Mm -hmm. right? My energy is 20% right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm at 20%. So if I'm at 20%, what can I do? What do I want to do with my 20%? Right. Yeah. Right. This is to me is so key when you start to work for yourself. Mm -hmm. I I was even I was thinking about it this morning. I needed to write my newsletter today. And I thought, okay, I'm going to write in the morning because I'm always my brain just works better in the morning. Yeah. And I thought, okay, what can I do? I have a list of things to do. What can I do in the morning when I need my brain? And what can I do in the afternoon when mm-hmm. I'll be feeling more tired and my brain won't work as well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's accepting 
accepting right. where we are, yeah, um, working with it, mm-hmm. yeah, not against it, yeah, not forcing or pushing or beating exactly. yourself up, yeah, yeah, exactly. There will always be too much, too many things to do, yeah. Yeah. In my experience, there's always too much to do. So if you can accept that, if you can go, okay, it's, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Right. And there is space in the day. There is time in the day. We are at choice as to what to do with that time. We can fill it with all the things. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes we can say, I acknowledge that I have... 10,000 things to do and I'm going to sit here and read a book yeah because that's the right thing for me right now yeah yeah I've got much better at this over the last five years I've had five (laughs) years to practice this now yeah yeah I'm looking forward to that practice myself (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's great but I think that belief that you are your most precious precious resource is fundamental mm-hmm. to being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Yes. What about fun, joy, and play as a practice? Do you feel that you have things to do on a daily basis that will help you with this? Um, <clears throat> I really, I mean, part of fully resourcing myself is building in those things into my regular practices. So a more regular art practice. I have these two bird feeders and then one for hummingbirds hanging outside of my windows and it is such a joy to just sit and watch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's it's those little things. It's not about big things. Also, I started a list of some bigger things like go to the zoo, go to the Japanese garden, things like that. And I've, st- I've talked to my daughter a little bit about doing some of those things with me and she sounds interested. Yeah. So it's just these kind of like enjoying little moments and getting out into, into life and appreciating those things. Yes. Lovely. (sighs) So anything else on that list that feels hard to do? hard to do I I mean loving unconditionally was something that through this work with you uh, I was like oh I'm maybe not doing that in all the places where I would like to be doing that whether it's for myself or my kids and yeah I guess I guess for me, it's, I mean, definitely a practice of staying aware and maybe it's not so easy. It'd be nice if it was easy, but I guess if I'm really honest, 
it's not. I mean, yeah. I don't know that our society is not really built that way. No. <laughs> no, it's not. I wish it was. So how do you practice unconditional love? Well, I mean, we we talked about that that one time about just kind of how I treat myself and my body and taking care of myself. And then when I think about it with other people, it's really I think it's tied to my values, compassion and acceptance, not getting sucked into responsive anger. Yeah. Or worry, anxiety, not, you know, just immediately triggering those negative emotions, but staying open and listening to, listening to understand people. And I've also been trying to practice more and more asking people close to me, what do you, what do you need right now? Do you, do you need me to respond to this? Do you need me to listen? Do you, yeah. And that's, that's been helpful for me to, yeah, just be listening to understand. And when I listen to understand, then the compassion really arises and I can easily love unconditionally. Mm. That's so great. That is a practice. That is an unconditional love practice. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Most of us listen to fix or bring the conversation back to us, right? That's the, yeah. that's our, our general impulse, which means yeah. we're, make, we're either not listening or we're making assumptions. Yeah. And assumptions are always based on our own model of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So last time, you said what you would need more than anything else is trust and faith. Mm. So how are you going to walk that path of trust and faith going forward? If you think about now going into a life where instead of a paycheck coming in every month, you're going to have to make your own magic, really, you know? You'll be making it rain. And, and you know, having having done this for five years now, there will be times that test you, there will. Mm-hmm. So what will your trust and faith practices be, do you think, to help you through the hard times? That's really where I see intuition coming in and and just listening it doesn't mean that there's always an answer, right? So in those moments when it's hard to have trust and faith, I think that's when my meditation and walking practices become most important as time to 
sit with myself, remind myself of my connection to the universe and myself. And within that is trust and faith. It's like, they're almost like a, a support system. And so spending time with myself coming back to those concepts of trust and faith and belief in myself. And when I say myself, it's like the capital M myself, which includes the universe and God and nature and all of it. Yeah. And I think those those are the moments when you, when I find that connection to those concepts. Yeah. The harder <laughs> things are, the more important that becomes. It is easy to stop yeah. our practices if we feel like, we're having to hustle for money or things aren't going according to plan. It's easy to throw everything out. But those are the times we have to really lean into our practices of connection to self and Mm -hmm. the greater world around us. Absolutely. I've found it time and time again. Yeah. For me, it's the mountains. It's like, thank God for the Mm -hmm. mountains. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me that I can find it just in my little neighborhood. You know, there's nothing special here. There's, you know, streets and sidewalks and parks. And but there's also trees and sky and yeah. birds and all those things just right, yeah. right out the door. <laughs> exactly. When I when you said there's nothing special here, I heard there's everything special here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No matter where you are. I happen to have these massive, massive mountains, which yeah. is, you know, there's a lot of energy there. Yeah. But equally there's a massive amount of energy in the sky. Yeah. Well, in, in Portland, you know, we're also surrounded by mountains. I can look out my living room window and see Mount Hood or Mount St. Helens yeah. on a clear day. If I walk one direction, I'm walking toward Mount St. Helens. If I walk another, I'm, oh, there's Mount Hood. Mm. Um, yeah. Those are yeah. always impressive. Yes. Yeah. And you talked about the elements as well. I do mm-hmm. think the elements and the seasons and the moon are amazing yeah. sources of um, connection. Yeah. I, the last couple of days, I've been telling myself, you know what, I think I want a new practice of mine to be a full moon fire. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I actually love that. And now I've never done that before, that connection between the full moon and fire. That seems Mm -hmm. like a really great, great association. So what mm-hmm. would you do? What would your fire source be? Or would it change? I have, I have a little fire pit and, and it's like movable and 
I I have a carport also. So if it's raining, I can just go out under the carport and do it. If it's not raining, I can pull it out into the driveway. And I mean, I've had the last time I did a full moon fire was like shining like down on the driveway. And I just lit my little fire pit right there. I ate my dinner out there (laughs) in the full moon with the fire. And I usually will like clip a couple things from my yard or, you know, a rose, a piece of lavender, things like that, and and burn them. Mm-hmm. I also keep small journals next to my bed for a nightly gratitude mm-hmm. practice, and I, I burn those. I am soon going to burn all my notes from my job. <laughs> Great. I can imagine like, okay, if I'm if there's a a night that I'm not going to do a full fire, it could be, you know, just lighting a candle and being with the candle. <laughs> yeah. So if you think back over these six months, mm-hmm. what beliefs have you shifted? Do you mm-hmm. think? Think back to early June. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think about that belief around like with the table and that like the realization that I wasn't prioritizing myself yeah and my needs I think something's shifted there I think it's still an ongoing practice but it's um the awareness is there and I'm I'm sensing that there's going to be need for that to change again, because at the time that we first talked about it, the thing that really hooked me was, oh, I'm the main earner in the family, but I'm not taking up the space that I need in the house. Those things aren't equivalent, but my earning power is changing and I don't know in which direction you know for a while I it will be lower so there's something where I think I need to change the belief the like disconnect the belief that how much I earn is something to do with my value or the space that I can take up yeah. Even though I still haven't started taking up all the space, right? So Yeah. And your earning potential hasn't changed. Right. Yeah. It, right. It may even have increased. I mean, the idea of the I mean, coaching is it's how long's a piece of string in terms of how much you can make out of it. And yeah. your other business idea that you that you mm-hmm. talked about last time, creative events. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it could be your earning potential is enormous. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to build that, you need ideally some dedicated space. Yeah, yes, for sure. I think another belief that has shifted is the way I think about myself as a creative person. That was That came up more recently, I think, in one of the calls that's been a really interesting concept for me that I, I mean, 
I've always thought of myself as a creative person, but it's still different from other creative people outside of creative circles. But what would I do differently if I were one of the creatives inside the creative circle? So that's been a really interesting belief that's shifting. I don't know what the belief is, but I just, I feel so much calmer and less reactive than I did six months ago. Yeah. And not, you know, like calmer in a good way, not in a, you know, calm down little lady kind of way. (laughs) No, No, we definitely don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Centered. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. How about, do you remember the, the story around your kids and what you had to do in order for them to love you? Yeah, that I had to do things. Yeah. Or be be something. Yeah, I remember that one. And and I feel like that has that has shifted and I mean, I think the reason that I feel that it's shifted is cuz I I'm starting to recognize it in other people. Mm-hmm. Like in my husband. Mm-hmm. And realizing like, oh, yeah, it's like that's just not a thing that you have to do something in order for your kids to love you. I mean, you certainly can do things to make your kids hate you, (laughs) but yeah, there's this like intrinsic biological thing that we come into the world with that we love our parents. Yeah. Even if they do terrible things. Yeah, exactly. Which is even if we, even if we yeah. hate them, we we yeah. still have love for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel I I feel like that's shifted for sure. Mm. Mm. And right. it's I think I I'm I remind myself of it when things are kind of at their worst with Ruby, with my daughter. Fantastic! Well, it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Especially a wild woman. (laughs) Do I get a plaque or a certificate or something? (laughs) I should be, shouldn't I, really? (laughs) You've got your manifesto, so I would definitely put that on the wall. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for your time for the last six months. Yeah, thank you so much, Emma. You're you're really an amazing coach. Oh, I, I have, I've learned so much about myself from you, but also about coaching from you. So double bonus for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's it for the show. Becoming Wild is a podcast written and produced by me, Emma Whittard. Special thanks go to Andrea Lida Wilborn, Sean Dennis, Jill Smolin, and Dean and De Silva. You can get more information about the show and other ways to experience my work 
at www.emmawittard.com. Please subscribe to Becoming Wild on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of lovely stars. It will make a huge difference to the discoverability of the show. If you'd like more direct coaching from me, please consider joining my Wild Woman community, where I post new content every few days and coach in the comments. And we have live coaching sessions every Friday. Or contact me to explore one-to-one coaching. If you have a question about what we covered today or anything else you'd like some support over, you can email me at info at subject line wild questions. And I might just respond on the show. You'll be anonymous, of course. All of this information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. You matter. What you do matters. And when a woman truly knows that, she changes the world. See you next time on Becoming Wild.